Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the Christmas break. And because we are on the Christmas break, we are digging into the archives and showcasing some of our favorite interviews from the past year. This one was with Sandeep Todi. He is the co-founder of Truly Financial. This business is totally upending the financial industry here in Canada. And the interview itself was really fascinating. Now, one of the things that Sandeep was sharing with me was just how in the early days, if he were to give any advice to early stage entrepreneurs, he said, take disproportionate risks because you don't have very much to lose in those early stages. And I couldn't agree more with them. I talk about this in a lot of our other interviews. It's just really important to realize that as you're younger and when you're in the earlier stages of your businesses, that you can take those risks that you can't take as easily later on. So definitely take advantage of that and listen to the rest of the interview. Check it out. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we're going to be talking about finances and banking, actually, for businesses, a really unique and new way of doing it for small businesses. And with me today is Sandeep Todi. He is the co-founder and chief business officer over at Truly Financial. Welcome to the show, Sandeep. Hey, uh, I'm delighted to be here and uh, for having the opportunity to tell you about my journey and uh, what we do at uh, Truly Financial. So we'll get into all of that in a minute. But first off, I want to ask you a question, Sandy. So what should every entrepreneur know uh, as they go down this entrepreneurial journey that you've been on and all of our listeners have as well? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, there, are, there are a couple of things and I just uh, narrate this from my own experience. They've been the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, there's always a way out of a difficult situation. And the reason I say that is uh, I can't count how many times I faced uh, problems, which in on the face of it sound really hard. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, you cannot solve uh, everything or make the problems go away. But if you think about the problems from different uh, perspectives, and it's very important to wear different hats, you know, for example, if you're dealing with a customer problem, wear the customer's hat and see how that looks like. Yeah. And I found nine times out of 10, I'm just saying nine, because, you know, I can't say 10 out of 10, (laughs) you find a different way to deal with that problem compared to what, you know, what you thought when you, you know, when you kind of, uh, when it hit you in in the beginning, and you thought it's like, you know, I don't know how to solve this. So there's always a way out, you just need to be creative and uh, also uh, look at it from different perspectives, not just your own perspective. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the one thing uh, I think is, you know, like above everything else. Uh, the second thing I would say from an entrepreneurial journey point of view, uh, this this applies more if, you know, if you've got maybe a small team, could be just two people, you're just starting out. Uh, the thing is, you know, as an entrepreneur, you already have, you've taken that step. So you already have that DNA to think that you can solve, you know, the problems in the best possible manner. Uh, but why did you bring on a team? You brought the team on so that, you know, they could, they could be more than your right and your left hand. So it's important to challenge the team and let them think for you instead of kind of just telling them what to do, because then, you know, then you have a bunch of doers. You don't have a bunch of thinkers. Uh, so that's the second thing I would say, uh, you know, just challenge your team and see, you know, you'll be surprised what they can come up with. Yeah. Uh, the third thing is kind of, you know, as you progress on the journey, 
this is now you know imagining you've got customers you know they're moderately happy with what you uh, what you're selling to them so it's important to really talk to customers and you know you will come back with insights which like you know you could spend a ton of money on on market research or trying to find new customers but your existing customers will tell you stuff that you didn't know and that will lead you to things which you know maybe help you improve the product or discover a new opportunity uh, you know and and do those things which ultimately you want to grow the business for I love it. Yeah, all three are really great pieces of, uh, of advice. And that first one, I really appreciated what you were saying there in terms of just the, there's there's always a way to kind of figure it out. Uh, there's another angle, another perspective that you can apply to it. Uh, and that's something that I, I've said for many years is is everything's figure outable. <laughs> I don't think that's a word, but but everything you can find a solution for. It's just a matter of really thinking about it. And uh, and if you are empowering the team, like you said, and really turning them into thinkers, well, collectively, yeah, the the team is going to be able to get past that rough spot, whatever that rough spot is. So thank you for those pieces of advice. So now I, I really want you to talk to me a little bit about uh, a truly financial, what is it that you guys do over there? What problems do you solve? So uh, uh, truly financial, uh, we're an online uh, digital bank uh, built exclusively for smaller businesses, uh, which helps them grow uh, globally. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, take an example of a, a small manufacturing company or an e-commerce seller. Uh, back in the day, you had to make maybe, you know, one wire payment, you know, to a supplier in China once a month. Uh, you, you know, you had maybe like, you know, a few customers across the border. So you would ask them to send you money and, and get a wire payment. Uh, today, these businesses are, are really the foundation of the economy. Now, you know, if you talk about like a digital agency, you talk about e-commerce, you talk about a startup. And, you know, these businesses need uh, global banking, but try getting that from, you know, from your regular brick and mortar bank. You know, you, you it's no secret, right? You keep running around, you just can't get the job done. Now, as a result, uh, most uh, small businesses, they've ended up using their main bank and a few other services that have been kind of patched together to help run the business. Now, this was okay if you needed to do it once or twice a month. But this is not okay if you need to do it every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. So what we are doing for these businesses is giving them access to local and international banking with a single bank account so that they can you know, work with their customers across any country, their suppliers, uh, you know, payment for, uh, let's say, online services or you know, even buying stuff off Amazon or paying for your website hosting. All of this can be done with Truly Financial without them having to run pillar to post you know, from one bank to the other. I love it. Like this is exactly the solution that a company like mine needs because we have the problem that you've been just describing there in terms of we have clients south of the border. So I'm in Canada. So we have a lot of clients in the US, uh, some abroad, depending on, you know, what projects are on the go. And sure. then we have employees actually and contractors and freelancers um, all around the world, actually, you know, our core group of people are here in, in uh, Canada and Edmonton in particular. Uh, but we do have people, especially nowadays with this, you know, work from home environment that we find ourselves in, we can hire the right talent anywhere. And so we found ourselves with, you know, having to run, run payroll and, and pay people in uh, South America, South Africa, the Philippines, and, and a whole pile of other places. So it's uh, it has been a problem for us. So we use the traditional bank here 
Um, but the wire transfer fees are astronomical. <laughs> so, so we, and, and just a pain too, actually. And so, um, we then use some other services like wise and PayPal and Payoneer. And, and then we do different things from a collection standpoint too, where we're bringing in, uh, money through Stripe, uh, in some instances, get instances and PayPal and then, um, you know, wire transfers and so on. So this, consolidation of everything that a small business needs in a modern, you know, new economy really must speak to a lot of businesses. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the word you was, you've been speaking that just kind of sounds like uh, music to us because that's exactly the kind of problem that 22 million small businesses across North America, which is like 2 million businesses in Canada and 20 million businesses uh, in the U S these are official figures uh, in, in our estimate, the unofficial number is closer to 35 or maybe 40 million. Wow. Uh, count you know, the number of businesses that are not run as a formal business. Now, imagine uh, you mentioned a few things about like receiving money from Stripe, uh, you know, having to pay uh, somebody online. And then, uh, you know, you've got, uh, you've, you've got freelancers and you may buy transfers. Them. Like a business owner's job is not to try and figure out Oh, how do I string all these things together? Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting I'm invoicing a customer, uh, and that money is coming through Stripe. So first, you know, Stripe holds that money for a few days, and then I say, okay, uh, you know, when it crosses the threshold, you can send that money back to to my bank. You know, let's say it's, it's TD Bank for you, and uh, then you know, out of that money, you need to pay a, a developer halfway across the world. So you use another service which will. You know, which will need for money to be moved from your, you know, large brick and mortar bank account to that other service. And then, you know, you have to figure out whether that other service is economical and how long they take and like all of this stuff. Like, come on, like you've got enough on your plate just trying to figure out where to get your next customer from and how to keep them happy uh, and how to grow the business. Uh, you know, how to run the banking efficiently was not what you signed up for. No, well, and the fees as well. I like are just it all starts adding up, right? Because they everybody's taking a little piece of the pie, <laughs> and it's it's so easy. It's almost invisible because in financial services and banking, everyone takes a small sliver of of the money that you're supposed to be getting. That that's coming out of your revenue. Uh, you don't realize that at the moment because you just need access to the money, but. You know, end of the month, you just try kind of, you know, figuring out where all of that went. Uh, first, it's hard to figure out because it's all split into small, small, you know, uh, pockets. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the other, the biggest rub is that you don't have a choice. Most mm -hmm. small businesses don't have a choice. And so, therefore, they're taken for a ride. Right. We are here to change all of that. And I'm not here to sell, you know, what we do, but this is the problem. And whenever I hear about this problem, I just get so worked up that, you know, why is this situation like this? This is 2022. But the reality is it's becoming more and more fragmented because, you know, you've got newer services getting launched every single day. Right. I don't know how many new banks are there, you know, in North America today. Uh, everybody does one thing really well, but do you, can you imagine a situation where like a couple of years down the line, you're using 10 different banks and 20 different services? That's not scalable. <laughs> That's not the way to uh, run things and grow the business. If anything, you know, banking and finances should become simpler, not more complicated. But yeah. it's, you know, it's been going in that in the wrong direction for just too long. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's been a lot of uh, investment in fintech recently in the last uh, probably five years or so. I've noticed a lot of startups coming, you know, to market in that space. Yes. And so how long have you guys been at this then? Is it uh, something relatively new or, or have you been doing this for a while? This, this whole idea of, uh, you know, truly financial as a, an all-in-one uh, banking service, uh, this was uh, conceptualized, uh, actually, you know, it sounds kind of cliched, but this was con- conceptualized in the, in the middle of the, the top of the pandemic uh, situation. Okay. So it was uh, in mid-2020 that uh, I and my co-founder, we started kind of thinking about this problem and started building for it. We actually launched uh, last year, so it's been uh, just over a year now. Uh, the the insight that we got into this problem was built on built on our previous experience, where uh, uh, my other product is a B two B payments product. It, you know, it just does payments, and uh, that was designed and built for Canada. So on the back of that experience, uh, we you know we figured out that there, there's more, and you know we cannot just make incremental improvements. Uh, you know, to the experience that that small businesses have. So we did a, a complete, uh, I would say, uh, I won't call it like a pivot, but we did a completely new uh, product and platform, which was uh, built and kind of you know from the ground up, uh, integrating with you know banks in the US, banks in Canada, banks in other countries, payment processors, uh, you know, card issuing and all of that, so that we could build this you know this vision of all-in-one banking. Uh, without being constrained by you know anything that we've done in the past, uh, so you know built on an experience of uh, almost five years. But yes, this product is uh, just about a year old. Yeah, and so the model uh, for you is it similar to other uh, financial institutions where they're taking uh, a percentage of the transaction? Then is that how how you, your fee structure is? Uh, we've actually. Uh, thought about that a lot and we decided early on that we are going to keep our uh, model very simple and uh, you know uh, no no hidden costs uh, around it at all so the truly financial uh, account is you know we have two uh, two types of uh, pricing plans the first one is completely free you don't pay a monthly fee at all uh, the second one which we call the preferred plan is where there is a 25 dollar uh, monthly fee uh, the advantage of the preferred plan is that you get unlimited wire payments. You know, you don't pay a fee on any of your incoming or outgoing payments and all of that, right? Uh, apart from apart from that difference, there is no other difference. We we believe that, you know, every small business owner has to be treated equal. And there is no like platinum customer and gold customer and silver customer. We treat everybody equally. Uh, the only difference is there in terms of, you know, pricing for the services that you pay. Uh, so, so that's kind of what we do. In terms of uh, uh, revenue, we don't charge uh, transaction processing fees at all. So, you know, if you're sending a wire within Canada, within the US, uh, there is no fee. Uh, you know, we also provide multi-currency accounts. So, you know, you could send and receive wires in different currencies. When customers do that, uh, we earn a certain amount uh, in terms of revenue on the currency conversion, which incidentally is much lower than what, you know, uh, the larger banks would charge you. Uh, so we, you know, we keep that fairly, uh, fairly small and, and and transparent. And then, of course, you know, we have our customers uh, who are using Visa cards, you know, both in the US and Canada, uh, and also uh, outside North America. And so we earn uh, we earn a certain revenue on the Visa card uh, spend as well. Interesting. And so, uh, basically, if I were to use your service. 
then I would be receiving my funds into my truly financial account. So like when I'm invoicing clients, they're paying me, that's getting deposited into those accounts or transferred in or however it's going to happen. And then I'm paying out from that same account Mm -hmm. and I can be paying out in multiple currencies then. um, And you're doing everything behind the scenes to make all those transactions happen at very low uh, transaction fees then it sounds like if if and in some cases no transaction fees that's correct there is actually no transaction fee whether you're paying locally uh you know to to the person uh supplier in in canada or in the us yeah uh, there is no transaction fee we deposit money uh, directly through eft or ach uh, which is pretty fast and low cost um low cost you know for us we don't charge a fee to the customer uh, and you're right you know for example for for businesses in the us uh, they have a U.S. a local U.S. Uh, checking account with a local U.S. routing number. Uh, businesses in Canada they get a Canadian uh, bank account with a Canadian uh, transit code. Uh, Canadian businesses also get a U.S. bank account with a U.S. routing number. So you know, for example, if you invoice a customer in the U.S., uh, they can deposit funds directly into your U.S. bank account without having to wire the money to can to your Canadian U.S. dollar account. Yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds sounds perfect. That's exactly what we need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then, uh, we have some customers uh, who also use uh, multi-currency accounts, so that includes uh, euros and and British pounds. Uh, so we have those accounts as well. Uh, it's more useful for customers who are selling into those geographies or who got e-commerce stores in those geographies. Uh, so you know, it's very useful for those customers. Yeah. The thing is, once you have you know your money in in the US dollar account. You can actually transfer that to Canadian dollars within seconds, right? And you you pay a, a very very small cost uh, compared to what you would you would have you know ended up paying if you went to let's say one of the larger banks. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting just the way that things are evolving. Now, I would think that this has to be an industry that would be very difficult to break into and to be kind of. Uh, up, upending, you know, all the traditional practices of the banks and stuff because it's so institutionalized. Is yes. is that the case, or have things changed enough with you know cryptocurrency and everything else that's really shifting the landscape in uh, fintech that that it's not that difficult now for for a startup like yours to to begin in this space? Uh, I would I would put it like this. Uh, there is there's something called soft fintech and then there's something called hard fintech. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, soft fintech deals more with, you know, dealing with customers' data, like helping them figure out how to use their money better and stuff like that, right? So that is kind of soft fintech. You're not really uh, dealing with money physically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's not moving through your your systems and processes. And then there is hard fintech, which is what we do. And when I'm saying soft and hard, it doesn't it doesn't indicate the level of difficulty. It's just that the term about, you know, not handling hard money versus like handling like soft finances. Uh, so when it comes to hard fintech, there is a lot of regulation. Uh, we deal with that every day. Uh, you know, so so there's stuff like uh, local compliance laws, uh, which are specific to each country. So the United States has got a, a different set of uh, federal and uh, state level laws. In Canada, you know, there's a different uh, set of laws which are there. So we have to make sure that we are complying with regulation in, in whichever geography that we are operating in. Mm. Uh, on, on the other hand, you know, when you do hard fintech, you have to deal and work with the banks. Uh, you know, we have to work with local banks in every country. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. You know, it's, 
not the easiest thing because a lot of banks who that you know who have the services and the technology or not the technology the products that you want to use they still are working with old technology so for uh, you know for a company like ours where we depend a lot on uh, automation and uh, advanced technology it's really hard for us to work with uh, some of the larger banks because they don't actually have advanced technology they've got great robust system but it's not advanced so we have to work with you know with, with these different banks and also uh, kind of comply to the bank's own requirements so it's a, it's a complex web of putting this thing together and uh, i wouldn't say by any means what we've been able to achieve in the last like couple of years has been easy it's been it's been a like you know steep hill to climb but and that also insulates you from competition too to a degree right because the barrier entry is a lot higher for your industry than maybe some other industries which is also a nice thing too so that's a double double edged sword I, i i guess you could say certainly and you know this uh, this moat uh, which is there is has got multiple legs uh, you know one is being able to understand uh, how to be compliant in each country the second is you know have successful banking relationships that's uh, a really hard nut to crack and the third part which you know i think this is where we come in is being able to understand the technology landscape and build everything around making that service uh, integrated and like the seamless experience that you want to give to your customers yeah so i would imagine like once you're talking to businesses and and they get what you're doing and the problems that you're solving for them the the probably the first question or or objection that they might have is probably around just the security of the funds right because it's like well who is this sandeep guy who is uh, going to be holding all my money so how do you guys overcome that challenge as a new upstart in an industry like this uh that's that's a great question you know because again i i mentioned about smaller businesses they are they are the segment of the economy which has been uh largely underserved so it's not it's not surprising that they would be skeptical about hey you know what's this new uh, financial service how do we trust them so uh, we we kind of really deal with that at multiple levels uh, you know one is we work with uh we work with you know some of the best banks uh, wherever we are Uh, so essentially what that means is that you know when we are dealing with customers money uh, ultimately the funds are with one of those banks right the funds are not uh, like technically with us in that sense uh, okay. secondly the banks that we work with uh, they have their own requirements in terms of you know uh, the whole process of how we uh, manage the payments and the settlements and you know how do we uh, for example i mentioned about you know ach wires and and this you know the visa cards now all of this is brought together through uh, very tight integrations that we have with all of our different uh, underlying service providers right and each service provider has uh, their own i would say uh, their, their own kind of leverage on how they provide the service to us right so we are required to comply with all of their requirements which which automatically makes uh, you know the service kind of robust and the funds are secured with each of you know the underlying banks uh, or services that we are using Uh, second thing is uh, we are we are a licensed company so you know it's not just left to the banks uh, we are we are registered with regulators in both US and Canada which means that we comply with uh, the the requirements that the regulators have for uh, you know any financial service to be offered in these countries mm-hmm. and you know when we saying we are registered with the regulators it also means uh, ultimately we also get audited 
you know, up to the standards that the regulators uh, require us to be. I see. So yeah, so there's a lot of uh, fail safes along the way. And, and obviously, you guys have to be doing all the right things in order to keep your license. Yeah, exactly. And then and, and then there's also the technology part of it, right? So you know, how do you ensure that your account is not hacked? Right? How do you ensure that uh, the, the person who's, you know, actually using the account is is authorized? So, you know, we have a lot of safeguards built around that as well. Yeah. So what's the next steps then for Truly Financial? Are you, I, I didn't see anything about Bitcoin on your website. So is that an area that you're going to explore at some point as well? Well, uh, I, I think cryptocurrency and Bitcoin tend to be uh, topics that I cannot escape uh, much, much as I would like to. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the thing, you know, I think, okay, I'll, I'll go out on a limb. Uh, I think cryptocurrency is a misnomer when you start using the word currency along with crypto. Okay. Uh, we, we look at crypto as uh, a very valuable uh, asset. You know, it could be an asset just like, you know, stocks that you own, for example. Uh, however, and the only difference is here, or rather the big difference is that they're more liquid, they're tradable compared to stocks, right? Uh, and so is there a future for, for cryptocurrency, you know, in banking and payments, especially when it comes to like mainstream businesses? Yes, I think there is. Uh, is it going to be anything that we see today? I think that's going to shift a lot. Mm. If you look, kind of look, Globally, it's not just in the US and Canada. Uh, banks and central banks, you know, by that I mean the Fed, uh, they're taking a very close and hard look at, you know, how crypto uh, is growing and, you know, what are the pros and cons of having crypto as a mainstream uh, value of exchange. And, you know, I'm choosing those words deliberately. I'm not saying as a main currency, but as a value of exchange. You know, if something is is legitimate and, you know, I'm I'm not trying to do let's say money laundering or something of, of that kind, which is, uh, you know, shady, there's no reason for you know any government or the regulators not to allow that to happen. Unfortunately, you know, most of the stories and, and incidents that we hear about today, uh, they border more on the negative side than the positive side. Mm. So, so when it really comes to, to businesses and, you know, I say businesses because our focus is on business banking. Uh, I think there is a very, uh, big and definite role for for crypto assets uh, to be played you know for businesses and it can really change the game significantly especially when you talk about cross border payments uh, i would still say we are maybe a few years away from that becoming mainstream yeah yeah it's uh, it's something that uh, do you think is inevitable though that it is around the corner well i think it will have its own place uh, you know Governments are governments are not saying no to it, but what they're saying is, you know, maybe we need to take a different approach to it. So, you know, for example, uh, whether crypto makes it to mainstream or not, one thing is for sure: uh, government-backed digital currency or you know CBDC, central bank digital currency, as it's known. So, CBDCs are definitely going to be there, uh, you know, sooner than we than we know. Mm. They might start in a small way, you know, maybe. You can just pay for your coffee or for that Uber ride through that because, you know, just like anything new, the government would want to to try it out with smaller value payments before it kind of becomes uh, larger. Uh, and that's really to do with making sure that, you know, individuals and, and, and businesses are using crypto assets or crypto exchanges uh, to do legitimate business. And they're not like, you know, doing stuff that might be harmful to society or to evade taxes and stuff like that. 
so you know when all of that infrastructure and the mechanism for that comes in comes in play uh, that's when i think crypto will become mainstream but uh, before that i'm pretty sure we are going to see cbdcs in in different forms you know across different uh, countries uh, making their way into yours and my wallet uh, sooner than later yeah 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 i think you're you're right there the all the central banks seem to be really focused on uh, on trying to trying to jump into that game right now and figure out how they can make it work right it's, it's only natural because you know hey it's not very far back that we only had paper currency yeah that, that gave way to to checks that gave way to cards and now cards are going to give the you know give way to digital currency so it's so i think it's, it's a natural progression so i'm curious now just to uh, get a sense as your entrepreneurial journey what you maybe would have advised you know a younger sandeep who is starting down this path so i know that you said truly financial you guys created that at the uh, the peak of the pandemic uh, but you've been at this financial services side of the game here for over 5 years i think you said so if you were to you know pen yourself a letter and be able to send that letter back in time to you at the beginning of your journey what would be in that letter what would would you say or what advice would you give yourself yeah that's uh that's a question which can have many different answers <laughs> i i think like going back to the very early days i would say it's it's important to take uh, disproportionate risks when you are starting off and the reason i say that is you got very little to lose you know uh and that's really kind of uh, it's it's almost like you know what's what's the term for it uh, you know when when the rocket takes off what do they call it the, the, the take off inertia uh, yeah. so you, know, you you achieve certain uh, escape velocity yeah that's that's what i was looking for uh escape velocity right you can only achieve escape velocity when you got you know that extra thrust power uh, otherwise you know you you'll be trying very hard and you'll be burning all your engines you'll be out of fuel before you know it because you you know you were hesitant to press that one extra button which will give you that escape velocity uh so so that's kind of uh, the key i think when you're starting off and uh, i would say going back to my journey when i started so this is not my first rodeo and you know i say that in a humble sense i've i've done other uh, ventures earlier and when i think back about them i think for every single one of them uh, they happened when i said i'm going to jump and there's no parachute right hmm. so kind of just i don't know why i'm just thinking of all of these like flying metaphors as <laughs> but i think that's what it is uh, you know you you have to be able to summon the courage uh to say i'm going to do this no matter what mm. and uh that's what i try and tell my kids say you know you want to take a risk go ahead and do that uh i was speaking to my my daughter just today morning and she's uh she's a sweet little girl but she always feels uh sometimes hesitant to do certain things and it just so happens that the pep talk that i was giving her uh you know of late in the last i would say one month she did two different things on you know on on both occasions uh, she was completely not expecting uh, a positive outcome but she she was successful and then 
today morning she was like she came to me and she was smiling like you know year to year and i said you got something to tell me right so yeah. she was like oh that thing that worked i said okay great and you know it worked because you tried right i mean the thing is you know you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take right yeah. you just got to be so confident about taking the shots that you know there's nothing else that crosses your mind yeah yeah and one of the things that i like to say too when i'm talking to younger uh entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about venturing into you know some sort of entrepreneurial journey is that's the best time in their life to ever be able to do that like you said in terms of taking that that risk um it's you have so little to lose when you're younger you don't have the family and the house and the mortgage and all of that kind of stuff uh that you have to you know make sure that you're yeah you have some sort of stability for and so uh, take the risks when you're young uh disproportionately i think is a is a really good advice yeah yeah and i would i would actually add even when you're not so young whenever you decide to start a new venture right uh, those those early days of that venture is when you have to take those disproportionate risks yeah uh, because you know for that venture there's very little downside for you maybe you know depending on your personal situation there might be but for the venture there's very little downside so yeah. if you do not take those disproportionate risks uh, you know you are not going to achieve escape velocity yeah you know you might losing you might you know you might be drifting that's fine you won't drown but you won't reach escape velocity yeah yeah well, that's great advice Well, thank you so much, Sandeep. I really appreciate you taking the time today to describe to us what your business is all about. I know there's a ton of people who are going to be watching this and listening to it in the podcast format. Uh, that is, this is going to be a solution that they're going to be excited about exploring. And so, if they did want to reach out to you, what's the best way of finding out more about Truly Financial and yourself? Hey, uh, so you know, Truly Financial. Just go to our website, uh, trulyfinancial.com. uh everything that you would want to know is available there and you know if, if there's questions that you have you can just contact us through the website uh for me uh, you know feel free to reach out to me on on social media uh i i live a lot on uh, twitter and linkedin so it's just search for sandeep todi on any of uh, these uh, social platforms and you find me there Excellent. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time today, Sandeep. And for those of you who are listening and enjoy this episode, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find all of our archives and of course on all of the major podcasting platforms as well. So, if you happen to be an entrepreneur who has an interesting story as well that you want to share, there's also an application form on the website too at the same URL and you could be a future guest on Amplify Your Business. And um until next time I guess everybody have a beautiful prosperous day. Thanks again Sandy. Thank you.